and most importantly is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the reason that everything else we do, we do, makes sense. If it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we'd be out doing something else right now. I guarantee it. I know I would be. Because it isn't about just doing stuff because we have to. Doing stuff out of ritual. Doing stuff out of, out of expectation. It's about a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. It's about, a, it's about a, a celebration of His love and mercy towards us. What He did on that weekend, on the cross. What he did while he was in the tomb and what he did as he rose again, as he changed history. Literally changed everything. Everything was changed after. And nothing was the same anymore. It was completely different. But here's that story. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I have to mention that. That was John who wrote this. It was John who outran Peter. He put it down for all history. Just to... (laughs) Just so you know, while Peter and I were running to the tomb, I outran him. Just, just so you want to mention that. <laughs> he bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Peter, or then Simon Peter, came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. That's another interesting indication of the difference between John and Peter. John just got to the tomb, looked in. Peter just dove right in. Got to like Peter. You know, I mean, he's all in. He's, he's either all in or all out. But, uh, you know, when he's all in, it's a good thing. <laughs> but he was slow, exactly. <laughs> he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who, who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. That that verse, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, is very true. They, They thought this was going to end a whole different way. They thought Jesus, you know, they believed he was the Messiah. I mean, from, from you know, at least halfway through, you know, the indication was, you know, when, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, well, you're the living God. You're, you're the Messiah of God. You are the, the Son of God. And Jesus said, that revelation has not been given to you of man. It's been given to you from God. So they understood that there was something going on here. But they thought it was going to end a completely different way. They thought that the, the kingdom would be established. They thought that, that uh, uh, Jesus would become the reigning king. And on, on, on Palm Sunday, that's exactly what they thought was happening. Here comes Jesus. And they're, they're, they're putting down the palm thrones and they're, and they're singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was the song that they had planned. I mean, all the way through the, the, uh, the, Isra- you know, the uh, Israelite uh, uh, ceremonies and, and uh, feasts and all the celebrations and everything else, they knew that that song was going to be sung to the, the King of Kings, the Messiah, as he came in to establish his kingdom. 
They knew what they were singing. They knew what they were doing. And they sang it to Jesus. That's why it ticked off the Pharisees so bad. Because they're going, wait a second. Tell them to stop singing that song, Jesus. And Jesus said, if they don't sing it, the rocks will. Because it's true. It is who it is. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. So they thought this whole thing was going to end completely different. They thought he was coming in, that somehow he would be established as the King, and they were on the inner circle. They were, on in, the, they were in, the, in the inner circle, but just not like they thought they would be. This last week, as, as I closed out the Palm Sunday service, I encourage you to read through Psalm 20 through 24 and to see a number of different things in those scriptures that talked about um, Jesus' week and what, was, what happened during that week. It's, it's actually foretold in those scriptures. And I want to read a couple of different places. Between Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53, there were clear references of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and they were written a thousand years before it happened. Jesus had read those scriptures and he knew exactly what it meant. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he knew that he was going to have to die. He told his disciples on a couple of different instances, when we get to Jerusalem, the the chief priests and and the Pharisees are going to arrest me and they're going to put me to death. One of the times was right when Peter said, you know, you're the God, you're God, you're the Messiah. And he says, well, yeah, okay, now, now that you know that, guys, I'm going to be put to death. Peter said, oh, no, not you. No, no, that's not how it's going to end, Jesus. That's, that's not how this whole thing's going to work out. You're the king. You're the Messiah. You're going to be our ruler. You're going to establish the kingdom. But they didn't understand that the kingdom was going to be established. The kingdom wasn't an earthly kingdom. Never has been, never will be. It's a kingdom within the hearts and the lives of people. And when those people act as kings, act as priests, at the ver- like the verse we, we read out of Revelation this morning, when we act that way, when we live out of faith, by faith we live acting as the kings and priests that we are, the kingdom of God is firmly established in the world around us. Psalm chapter 22, beginning with verse 1, is very familiar to us in this weekend of, of the depiction of Christ on the cross and it's my God my God why have you forsaken me why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish all who see me mock me they hurl insults shaking their heads he trusts in the Lord they say let the Lord rescue him let him deliver him since he delights in him That was actually said by one of the bystanders. No, no, leave him alone. Let's see if God saves him. That's who he puts his trust in. Let's see. Jesus knew ahead of time that he was going to suffer on the cross. He knew ahead of time that he was going to have to die. He knew ahead of time that he was going to, to spend three days separated from God. But he also knew that on the third day he was going to rise again. Praise God. Praise God that he also lived by faith. Verse 16. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and they cast lots for my garment. 
But even with these foretelling scriptures, the disciples were still distressed and dismayed because they've gone to the tomb and there's no Jesus. Because these scriptures foretelling what was going to happen during the crucifixion, there were other scriptures that told about the rising of the dead. That he would not allow his holy one, that God would not allow his holy one to see decay. And that on the third day he would rise. Jesus, he prophesied that. He says, that's all right, tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. He knew what was happening, but the disciples had no idea. They could only go by what they were seeing at the moment. I mean, Jesus had told them ahead of time if they had pieced it all together, but they didn't. They didn't understand it. How much do we not understand? That's been on my heart a lot this week. How much do we not understand? How much is clearly portrayed before us in the scripture, and we just don't get it? Too much. Too much. We need to have the Holy Spirit. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Praise God that Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, he said, he says, I'm going to go away. I'm going to leave. I'm going to someplace where you can't go right now, but don't worry, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you somebody who will, who will lead you into all truth. Praise God for the Holy Spirit that illuminates, that opens up our eyes to see the truth. Because there's a whole lot of veil going on without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost to show us what's going on. Verse 11 of John chapter 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. How many times is Jesus standing right in front of us? How many times is his manifest presence, his, his love, his, his power, his anointing right there for us to, be, to, to embrace? And yet we think he's the gardener. We think he's something mundane. Man, I have to repent of that. I do, personally. That's something else I've been thinking about this week. How many times have I taken the things of God lightly? Praise God for His mercy. Praise God for His mercy and love towards us, that His mercy is new every morning, and that when we push God away, when we tell Him, no, not now, I don't need you right now, I don't, I don't want you in my life right now, I want to go do what I want to do right now. When we tell Him, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to listen to you in this situation, I don't need it, you know, because we're not even recognizing that He's there to help us. That he's there to comfort us. That he's there to, to give us the ability to, to get through this test or trial. And we're going, no, 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 I got it covered, Jesus. Why don't you go garden for a while? Praise God for his mercy in those times. Praise God that he loves us enough to not leave us there. And all he had to do that morning, 
I mean, Mary is looking straight at him because she's not expecting him to be there. She's expecting him to be dead. She's not expecting him to be right there with the answer that she needs right now. But he's speaking to her and he says, verse 16, Mary. All he said was her name. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. That phrase right there is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. The Jews up until that point were nothing but servants. They were supposed to have relationship. They were supposed to also be priests and kings, but they had rejected that at the mountain. They said, no, 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 Moses, you don't go to God. or We don't want to go to God. We don't want to hear God's voice. You go to God. You hear from God and tell us what we're supposed to do. And in that act of, of saying, no, God, we don't want to listen to your voice. You're, you're too scary. You're too, you're too wild. This is, this is outside of the norm. I don't want to listen to that. In that one act, they reduced themselves to nothing but servants. <clears throat> Offering sacrifices. Serving at the temple. Doing this. Doing the stuff. But all along, God wanted people to be his, his brothers, his sisters, his family. And the moment he, one of the first things he says after rising from the dead is, I'm going to my father and your father. My God and your God. He didn't say, I'm going to God to speak to him and then I'm going to come back and tell him what, you know, tell you guys what he said. No, he goes, I'm going to my father and your father. He said, the line is broken. The the veil is broken. From here on out, you get to have a relationship with God. You don't have to go through somebody else. You don't have to go through a priest anymore. You don't have to go through a hierarchy anymore. You can right at this moment, right here, right now, you can stand before, and you are right in the presence of God right now. He's here. And in that moment, you don't have to go, Oh, Pastor John, will you please tell God that I need this, or I need some help here to forgive me of this sin? No, you can just say, Father. That's what this is all about. It's about a relationship with the living God. He took down the barriers. He took down the the walls. He took down the curtains. And he said, I want a relationship with you that will last eternity. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. Verse 18, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he, had, that, he, what, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. When he breathed on them is when I believe, and many other people believe, that is when they became born again. They believed, they saw, they understood, they got it. And without the drawing of the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, you can't be saved. Right now, he's drawing you. 
He's drawing you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a tug on your heart and you can feel it. You know it. There's a pull that he's saying, I want a relationship with you. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to join River Valley Christian Church. I'm not asking you to to join a club. I'm asking you to to join my family, God is saying. I want you to be a part of my family. And how, that, how you express that, how you do that from how, here on, wherever you live, wherever you go, where, whatever church you belong to, that's up to you and God. But he's saying, I want you to be a part of my family, and you can do that right here, right now. Amen. He didn't say to them, he didn't say, you know, guys, we got some sin stuff we need to talk about. Peter, come here. <laughs> you know that little denial thing you did back there three times? You even swore, Peter. You got to get, let's get that straightened out here first before I introduce you to the Holy Spirit. You know, Matthew, all that stealing you did, that tax collecting, that stealing, all that, all those sins we talked about before, we, we need to deal with those first here before you come into my kingdom, before you come into my family. No, he looked at all of them. He said, Here, this is me. I'm alive. Here's the scars. Here's, here's what happened to me. I'm Jesus. And they believed. They went, yeah, you're God. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And immediately he said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Come into my family right here, right now. They believed. People asked Peter one time, what must I do to be saved? And Peter said, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. What does that mean? Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What it means is you believe in who he is. He wasn't just a good guy. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just some holy man. He was the son of God. In fact, he was God himself. And he came to this earth and he gave his life willingly for you. He died on that cross so that your sins will never be held against you. The only reason those sins will ever be held against you is if you say, no, I don't want what Jesus has. Or by saying nothing at all. By just going, no, I'm not going to make any decision. By by making no decision, you've made a decision. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in what he did. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. There is no other way that I could be saved from my sin. There's no other way that my sin could be forgiven. There is no other way that I could get into heaven. That I could spend eternity with you. The only way that that is possible is because of what you did on the cross that day. By you raising from the dead, death could not hold you. All sin was forgiven. This morning, it's that easy. It's that easy. It isn't about joining a church. It's not about a ritual. It's not about having to jump through any hoops. All it is is if you believe, if you believe right now, that what he did for you on the cross is for you, and you say, you know what? I realize I can't do it. That's what I had to do. I tried for a long time trying to be good. Didn't work. Still doesn't work. Dude. But... He did it for me. Accepting what he did. Okay, God, I'm, I'm in. I give up. What Jesus did on the cross for me 
saves me. I'm trusting in that today. From here on out, I'm trusting in what you did for me. And then allowing him to be Lord of your life. Okay, you're in charge from here on out, God. You get to be Lord. Lead me. Guide me. Show me what to do. That's it. Confessing it with your mouth. You know what? Jesus is Lord. You, Lord, you get, to be, you get to be Lord of my life. And that's it. From that point on, you are in the family of God. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. This is a decision you make in your heart. And then you live it out. You live it out. It's not by having to, to prove it to anybody. You live it out for him. And if it's, if it's true, if, it actually, if he actually comes into your life and changes you, you will be different and you'll talk about it. You'll share with somebody. You'll say, hey, here's the deal. I prayed that prayer this morning. I, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, make that decision right now. I, I share this almost every time that I give this message anymore because you need to understand it's not about a phrase, it's not about a sentence, it's not about a, even a prayer. A friend of mine got saved one time, laying in a ditch, overdosing on drugs, and all he said was, Jesus, yes. Yes. He knew what it meant, God knew what it meant. Jesus, yes. This morning, I encourage you to say, Jesus, yes. Can I have the ushers prepare for communion this morning? We're going to commune together. We're going to receive communion. We're going to share communion. Can I have the worship team come up? That'd be awesome. This whole weekend, and that's why we, usually we do communion the first Sunday of every month, but because this is the weekend, this is when, this is when it really meant something, this is when it really happened, I want to celebrate today. Because it was on that weekend where he was denied. It's on that weekend is where he was, he was betrayed. It was on that weekend is where he sat at the table and he said, I'm not going to do this again until I get into heaven where it's fulfilled completely. But he said, this is my body. It says at the end of the, at the beginning of the meal, he took the bread, he, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And what a, I mean, we're already remembering him tomorrow. It's what I love about River Valley Christian Church. It's we remember him every week. We remember what he did every week. But this week's even more special. He said, this is my body. He knew where he was headed. He knew what he was about to do. And he says, as often as you celebrate this time, as often as you do this, remember me. At the end of the meal, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the shed blood my shed blood shed for the remission of sins it's the blood of the new covenant 
As often as you do this, remember me. Let's all stand. Father, this morning we do remember what Jesus did for us. And Lord, we celebrate it. We celebrate the fact that Jesus' obedience bought us eternal life. We celebrate the fact that Jesus' obedience forgave every one of our sins, every sin that has ever been committed, every sin that will ever be committed. Lord, we celebrate the fact that we're not servants, but we're family. That we're called by your name. That you, Jesus, are our brother and you, Father God, are our Father. We celebrate that this morning with all that we have. Because it is all that we have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you made a way where there was no way. Thank you, Jesus, that you were worthy to open the scroll. That you were worthy to lay down your life for us. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for ours. This morning, As we celebrate communion, I'm going to ask you to come forward and we're going to celebrate communion. Commune with each other. If you need prayer for anything, pray for each other. If this morning you made that decision, the first time you've ever said, you know what, Jesus, yes, I'm in. Yes, Jesus. If you do that, share that with somebody you came with this morning or share it with one of the the folks at the communion table. You're welcome to be a part of it because you're part of the family. Share it with somebody that, hey, I, I prayed this morning. I, I received Jesus. I just wanted to let somebody know. You're not going to be hounded. You're not going to even, and we're not going to take your name and send you all kinds of, we would if you wanted to, but we just want you to share it. We just want, it's good to say it. You know what I did? I gave, I gave Jesus first place in my life today. I encourage you to do that. God bless. We'll see you all throughout the week. Come forward now and let's commune together. Let's celebrate what Jesus did for us and receive.